0: I want to welcome all of you, wherever you are. God is there with you, and uh, he deserves our worship, our best worship. Coming to church this morning, uh, my heart was kind of heavy because of things happening in this land. And as we offer our worship uh, for KM, uh, when church, congregation pray together, uh, I think uh, God is, I felt like God is, uh, starting to doing something in, in our midst. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a evil out there, right? Evil out there. The passage actually came into my mind was Romans chapter 20, uh, 12, 21. Do not uh, overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. And, and I guess, uh, you know, racism is a sin, right? It is a sin that I think... America is like, uh, this is unresolved sin that we're struggling with. And God hates racism, right? And you know what? When I thought about racism, I thought it was someone else's problem. Not my problem, but I realized this morning, it is my problem as well. So it is important for us to repent before the Lord. Uh, And reason people do demonstration, they got to do that through demonstration, but it has to be peaceful demonstration, right? Uh, because we have to be aware, this is the sin. You know, like, it is, like, God hate this racism. So I think we should begin with, within our church. Start from us, you know, like, repent before the Lord, and same time ask God to heal this land. So uh, before we hear the message today, I, I want you to join me in prayer. Uh, pray for this nation and pray also for us to repent and those people who try to you know looting and all those try to respond with the violence that's not right before the Lord so let ask God to uh, hold of their hearts as well which join me in prayer let's pray together Father we ask Father we ask for forgiveness Lord God definitely Lord racism is a sin Father it is so you hate in Lord Jesus, Father. But we've been so like discriminating people, Lord God, because the difference is Father. We discriminate Father, the colors, Lord God. Lord, I pray, would you forgive us, Lord God? you heal us lord our land is like aching father god our land is aching lord lord we need you lord only jesus can solve these problems lord god only jesus can solve this racism lord jesus lord we want to repent before you lord god as a church community father we want to start to repent lord god lord have mercy on us lord jesus lord we gotta pray for this nation we gotta pray for the father god the, the problem that we face today lord god i pray holy spirit lord Forgive us, Lord God Our Holy Spirit Heal our lands, Lord God Heal us, Lord Jesus We need you, Lord Jesus We need you, Lord This nation needs Jesus, Father God Only Jesus can be solved this problem, Lord God Lord, be with us Be with us, Lord God Lord Be with the Father Father, we need you, Lord more than anything else we need your Lord Jesus be our Lord lead us lead this nation Lord God once we this was a nation that we praised and we put you center of our lives Father God we turned away from you Lord now is the time first go back Father go back to your Lord God we need you Father we need you Lord we want to repent Father we want to turn away Father from the evil ways Lord Would you heal our land, Father God? Would you heal our land? Let the word of God speak to us today. penetrate our hearts, Father God. Our heart and hearts, Lord. So that we can hear. We can hear your voice, Lord God. Would you use our brother, Pastor Eugene, today, Lord, as he preached your word today. that the word plant in our hearts and build much for us, Lord God. Bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I announced you, I think, weeks ago. Pastor Eugene is going to speak for this week. Hopefully, more. Right, Eugene? Okay, let's welcome Pastor Eugene. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just as Pastor Ken said, you know, this, not just this week, but this past, uh, just these past couple of months have been, you know, just extremely hard, extremely draining for us, and all we can do is just press forward and just look to God in these times of trouble and uh, try to lean on him. So let's start with another prayer, and then we'll start with our sermon. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, you know, in this time of chaos, we know that you just bring peace and calmness. Lord, I pray that you can calm our hearts and calm our minds as we prepare to uh, just take this message. And, Lord, I just pray that you can speak through me and uh, just use me as, uh, as your mouthpiece today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my sermon is titled, God, Jesus the Communicator. And the passage that it corresponds with is Mark seven thirty-one through 37. So if we can all just open up to that passage, and I'll read this passage for us. So it's titled, Jesus Cures a Deaf Man. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Epaphetah, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well, he even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the word of the Lord. So you guys might be thinking, how does this healing have anything to do with God's, God as a communicator? You guys might be thinking that very, very question as I read this passage out to you all. But actually, this passage shows us so many characteristics of God as a communicator. This passage shows just how important communication is to God, Jesus. Through a couple of ways that I will try to explain in this short little sermon that I've prepared for you guys. So we all know that God and Jesus loves to talk to His people, His children. We see so many examples of this throughout the history of humanity, such as you know when Joan of Arc maybe uh, saw some visions, or when Hildegard of Bingen saw some visions, and these are just wimp, uh women of God who were able to see these visions that Jesus and God revealed to them. And we also see countless examples in the, in the Bible as well. So what can we learn from this? What is God trying to tell us? I think it is now more important than ever that we need to lean on God and that we have ears to hear what, what God has for us in store and his message he is trying to teach us. So am I saying that, these, uh, rec- that this recent pandemic or this recent uh, riots is a result of God trying to tell us something? I don't, I don't think so, but that doesn't mean that God cannot use this point in history as a way to convey a message for us. So what could God be trying to tell us? What is he trying to communicate with us? So we know that the nature of God is that he loves to communicate with his people. And, you know, this is evidenced by the garden where he lived in close proximity with uh, Adam and Eve. And this is shown by uh, Moses and his close communication with God. My point in case is this, is that God loves to communicate. And we often hear the phrase that communication is key in relationship. That our, and our relationship with God is no different. And actually, one of the, you know, key indicators in a healthy faith and a healthy relationship is good communication or a healthy prayer life in terms of faith. And prayer is a form of communicating with God. It is our way of talking to him, and it is our way of listening to him as well. And yet, we know that communication oftentimes is one of the hardest things to do. And especially, uh, you know, us men, right? We're such bad communicators, we're silent a lot and we, <laughs> we tend not to want to talk about things. And some of us men might be thinking, well, you haven't met my wife or you haven't met my sister or my mother. They can't even tell us where they want to eat. <laughs> but this sermon isn't about prayer, but a reminder that God talks back to us and communicates with us. It is not a one-way line where we can just talk and uh, he cannot answer. But oftentimes he does talk back, oftentimes in mysterious ways and ways we did not expect. So let me go to my first point, the value of communication. So I have this quote right here. It says, God, communication is a God-given capability given to, be, given to the created human being, and it is the only way to be fully human. In principle, to be human is to be a communicator. So let me read that one more time. So communication is a God-given capability given to the created human being, and it is the only way to be fully human. In principle, to be human is to be a communicator. So this quote is saying, for us to be human, for us to, be fully, realized, to fully realize ourselves as a human, we need to be able to communicate with, uh, our, man, with our fellow men and our neighbors. But we can also see how, you know, a lack of communication can be so dis- disruptive as well and so detrimental to relationships. Just as communication is key to a healthy relationship, a lack of communication is a sign of a, you know, not so healthy relationship. So do we value a, a relationship where we can communicate? Or do you value a relationship that is uh, a silent and no forms of communication going on? I think the second one, you would be hard-pressed to even consider that a relationship. It just seems like uh, it's more of a tolerance, where you're just tolerating that person as you just don't care for them or even dislike them. They're just there. And, you know, I think sometimes we, um, we can find the same thing with God. God can just sometimes become a spectator in our lives, someone just in the background, and no forms of communication going on. And so when communication is dead, there is no relationship. And when communication is strained, relationships get strained as well. So has anyone ever seen that commercial on TV where um, they speak into a phone, and all of a sudden that uh, the country that you're in, the language comes out of the other end? So imagine, uh, imagine if we had one of those as well. We can just speak to it and out of the other end another language would come out. Or say for example, we're not, we can't really communicate with our parents too well, they just don't seem to understand our experiences, they just don't seem to understand um, where we're coming from. So we speak into this box and out of this box comes out a way for them to understand. So I think that, that, that box would be such an important tool for all of us. We would be able to communicate so much easily with the, each other. our our forms of communication would be so much more effective, and I think our relationships with the people we were trying to communicate with would be so much, so much stronger. And this doesn't just apply to, you know, just our family members, but it could apply to our husbands and our wives and even our brothers and sisters. And I know, and I know during these times, we might be spending more time with those people more than ever before, right? Because a lot of us are stuck at home. And a lot of us might find that, you know, our relationship has maybe gone strained because you guys might be bickering back and forth more than you guys are used to. And I think that might be a communication problem. You guys, maybe communication has started to seize. Maybe you guys have started to um, get short with each other, so communication is not as good. I think you guys just need to take a step back and kind of uh, assess how the communication is going on within that family, or within um, your relationships, and see how communication could get stronger. So let me read you guys a little short story that corresponds to what it is to be an effective communicator. So Jack and Max are walking from religious service And Jack Jack wonders whether it would be all right to smoke while praying. Max replies, why don't you ask the priest? So Jack goes up to the priest and asks, priest, may I smoke while I pray? But the priest says, no, my son, you may not. That's utter disrespect to our religion. Then Jack Jack goes back to his friend and tells him what the good priest told him. Max says, I'm not surprised you asked the wrong question. Let me try. And so Max goes up to the priest and asks, priest, may I pray while I smoke? To which the priest eagerly replies, by all means, my son, by all means. So the moral is effective communication is important because how you effectively communicate, the the reply you get might depend on how effectively you communicate. So I have Proverbs 15, uh, what is that, 15.2? It says... Let me pull it up right here. Proverbs fifteen two says, "The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of the pool pour out folly." And Proverbs eighteen two, "A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his own opinion." So these are, this is the value of communication. My point number two is Jesus and Jesus God communicates with us personally and specifically. So we all know that Jesus and God knew us before our birth. He knows the hairs on our heads. He knows our darkest secrets. He knew us before we were in the womb. And I think for me, the fact that God knows all these things is a bit scary, but also really comforting as well. That means he knows our deepest flaws, our modes of thinking, the way we communicate. And for me, I think that the fact that God is such a personal creator is something very, really precious for me and really important for me as a follower and a believer of Jesus. And you might be asking, how do you come up with that conclusion by, uh, by this passage that we read? So let me read this passage to you and I'll explain it to you guys. So they brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hands on him, and he took him aside in private. Away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, "Ephphatha, that is, be opened." You know, at first glance, it seems like this message is just simply about Jesus performing a miracle and healing a deaf man. And you might be right. You actually, you are right. This is a wonderful narrative of Jesus performing a miracle to, um, you know, to heal this deaf man showing mercy and um, we all could use some mercy. But if you look at this passage more closely, you'll see some of the Greek, and look at some of the Greek, you'll see just how personal this healing was for Jesus. We see firstly that Jesus' main modes of communication with this man was by way of touch. You see just how important touch is and crucial to this healing. But you might be also asking me, but Eugene, um, Jesus always seems to be touching his, uh, his, uh, the people that he's trying to heal. And you know, you're, you're right. But if we look, like I say, if we look more closely and more examine this more closely, you'll see that this wasn't just about touch and him. This wasn't just a common touching, but this was a, a healing that was very personal and very, uh, very specialized for this man. You see that Jesus' touching was different, and it was meant to be personal, because to this man, touching was his, really his, own, his, own, his only means of communication. He couldn't speak, he couldn't hear. And let me clear this up for all of you. Deaf amongst the Jews could also mean one who could not hear and one who could not speak. So it could also be mute, mute or deaf. So actually, this touching of the tongue and ear makes complete sense. I think this is the part where you'll see how special, I mean, how personal this healing gets. The scripture states that he sighs while looking up to heaven. And the Greek word for sigh is stenazo, which, which means to sigh or to groan. Let me repeat that. It means to sigh or to groan. This is a, this is really amazing because Jesus groaned and sighed to communicate with this man. So has anyone ever heard a deaf guy try to speak? You know, a lot of the times when they do try to speak, it sounds like a sigh or a moan. They can't they can't make the words out with their tongue. So you know, Jesus was communicating the exact same way this deaf man would speak to another person or would try to speak to another person. It's, I mean, that's amazing. It shows how personal communication, how personal communication that Jesus has with each each and every one of us. He looks at our lives, our culture, our lens and language, and I can go on and on. But he personalizes how he speaks to each one of us. And I have another quote here. I, it's it's perfect. It says, "God moves in the receptors' frame of reference, culture, language, space, time, really try to, to really try to be understood." He goes beyond the predictable and the stereotype in his communicative efforts. He uses the language and thought patterns of those with whom he speaks. I think that, that to me is the best part, that Jesus speaks to us in the most unconventional ways, and he does the unexpected, but he does it in ways that is really the most effective for us as individuals to understand. So I know, for example, I know that uh, Julia really loves art, And, uh, you know, Jesus might use art to speak to her. Uh, This is just an example, but Julia might, you know, might be expecting, like, a voice or a dream or something. But Jesus might just show her a picture, or she might pass by a beautiful painting and feel like God is speaking from that painting to her. And that would just be a very specialized and personal way that God is communicating to Julia. So Jesus is personal and will communicate with us the best way that he can, which is through our own frame of reference and I have a, a story this just this past uh, past two weeks ago me, our family was at our house, my grandma, my aunt, and um, yeah my parents and we were talking about something, and all of a sudden, um, Justin came up as a, as a as the topic, and we were talking about Justin, and my grandparents actually mentioned that justin came and uh, looked looked for them to ask for um, a prayer of blessing Justin went actually went to my grandparents to ask that my bra- grandparents bless him and so my grandparents were really like really like proud about it and really talking about it and like they were really happy that Justin came to them to ask for this uh, blessing prayer and so yeah he they they were talking about it and a couple hours passed by they all went back home and i was uh, in bed by myself and i felt some something in my heart say hey you should um you should uh, tell justin how cool that was and the voice voice in me said hey bro you should go tell justin how cool that was and um like at first i didn't really, i just thought it was my own mind but as i was preparing the sermon and i read that quote i was like you know what, That's, that was probably God, you know, speaking the way I speak. He was speaking to me that way as well. So I think that was really cool. And, um, yeah, and I think that story kind of ties in with how God can speak to us in a, in a personal way. And point number three is that God loves that we communicate with each other and to him, slash her. And I have another quote right here. And it says, Luther is right when he claims that to be created in God's image has to do with relationship and communication. That means I am created for dialogue. God's communication with me takes the form of a conversation. This is the basic theme in all of scripture. God is continually seeking man out to talk with him. From the story of Eden until the proclamation of the new heavens and the new earth. In the same way, the concept of covenant is based on two-way communication. Yeah, I think that quote is spot on to why God loves that we communicate with him. It's because when we do communicate with him, we're exercising the image of God that God made us after. And so Mark, um, this passage right here. And immediately his ears were open, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And then Jesus ordered them all to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed and they were astounded beyond measure, saying he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. That's, that's a crazy part. Where he opens his ears and his, tongue was, and his tongue was released. Have you guys ever realized how crazy that part of the narrative is? The fact that he started to speak plainly after he was, a, after he was healed. You guys might be thinking, why? But look at it. He spoke plainly. That should be impossible, right? For him to communicate at all, since if you were deaf, you've never heard the language before. And if you've never spoken before, you wouldn't know how to pronounce those words correctly. So the fact that he was able to speak plainly was another miracle on the the miracle that he was healed. So... Why did Jesus restore this man's uh, speech and allow him to speak plainly? Because in a way, Jesus was restoring this man to community by giving him the ability to communicate again. You know, community and communicate share the same root word, which is derived from the Latin word communis, which is common, and communicare, which is to make, to make common. So community is to make things common with one another, And the only ways to make something common is to talk about it often with each other. So communicate with each other. Often. There is no community without communication. And there is no commitment without communication. That's why communication is so important. Not only to Jesus, but to all of us as a community. To us as a family, to us as a church. So Jesus restored this man's ability to be a part of the community by giving him the ability to communicate. That's why communication, guys, is so key to having a strong community. My fellow brothers and sisters, talk to your parents and your siblings. Talk to your friends. Talk to your wife or your husband. Talk to God. Many of us are stuck at home, right? Having to communicate more often than ever before. And you guys, that's why it's so important to communicate. It's going to make a more healthy family atmosphere, just a more healthy community atmosphere. So you guys might be saying, why talk it out? Why? why have conversation? Why communicate? Because God gave us the ability to communicate with one another. And it's for a reason that he gave it to us. It is biblical to communicate with one another. Because whether or not that community is your family, your church, or work... Without communication, there is effectively no community. God communicates with us. The Bible tells us to treat each other like a neighbor, and neighbors talk to each other. They communicate. There is a reason, and I don't think it was a coincidence that Jesus touched both this man's ear and tongue, because there are two things that are part of communication. Listen and speak. Not just speak and never listen, and the opposite is true as well. Not to speak, but to always listen. So you got to do both. It's about hearing and it's about speaking. So let's communicate with God and our community, which includes family. And I was going to end with a funny story, but I just can't seem to do it because I think the events that are transpiring before us shows just how, you know, how much communication has broke down. I think uh, before we go and try to just condemn, you know, all these people uh, looting, all these people uh, out there doing these, these riots and whatnot, let's try, to, let's try to understand where they're coming from, try to understand their own pain. Um, and I think the reason that there's so much violence is because communication has ceased to, to exist. There is no communication going back and forth. Um, it's just ideas on top of ideas, and when there is tra- when there is communication trying when there is communication trying to be set, those ideas in your head just overpower any uh, any uh, any modes of trying to understand other other side's point of view. So, guys, let's just open open up our hearts, open up our ears. Let's communicate with each other. Let's communicate with. Uh, everyone, right? Not just not just our family, but our community, our church, our neighbors, people riding outside. Communicating is what is being human. And God gave us this ability to communicate. So by communicating, we're fulfilling God's image as well. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we just In this time of, uh, lack of communication going on with one another, we tend to just forget the humanity of other people, right? And we have so many idealistic ideas, Lord. I just pray that you just break down those ideas, you clear those prejudices in our minds, Lord, and you just give us your heart to just be open and, uh, just to accept people as they are, to accept people as sinners, Lord, and, uh. Just to love our brothers and sisters as neighbors, Lord. We pray uh, to uplift our community and our church, Lord. And we pray all these things in Your name. Just thing, pray, Amen.